And it is spooky season, guys. So check your candy for razor blades. Check the shadows for a serial killer. And then check yourself into rehab. Guys, welcome to the Messed Up at Midnight podcast, the spookiest and the scariest podcast on these here airwaves. I am your host, Max Steele. And as always, I am joined by the man who's got a face like Freddy Krueger, but a heart like Jigsaw. It's Michael Flaherty, everybody. I'm I'm a man, you know what? I got a face for radio, but a heart, but a heart that helps the world. I'm I'm a man on a mission to better things. And I feel like there's a level of misunderstanding that has occurred that has really created some bad PR around me. But you know what? You know what? It's, we work with what we have. We work with what we have. You're just like, I just want people to appreciate life. That's all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Every modern society has really taken things for. Oh, granted. God, here we it go. Really. We live in a society. <laughs> we live in a society. This this is this is this is my villain arc. This is how I like I'm going to turn into like some like some like Reddit, some like Reddit pilled like incel or something like that. And it's all thanks to this podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. The Mess of a Midnight podcast, turning tur- turning people away from society since it's early 2022. Well, guys, it is Texas Chainsaw Massacre Month, the only way we could possibly celebrate the month of October. I'm excited oh. for it. I know Mike is excited for it, for it, and I'm very curious to see where this month goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. This double feature extravaganza that we're doing is just it's it's definitely it's definitely different from Nick Cage month because Nick Cage month was just like, oh, it's just going to be Nick Cage here. It's like strap in because you're getting back to back to back episodes. Mm-hmm. You're getting oh, yeah. two two a week. We're covering all of all of Texas Chainsaw. We're not scratching the surface. We're covering it. All, all in one month. And to start off Texas Chainsaw Massacre Month, we had to start off with the OG. We had to start off with the 1974 classic. We had to start off with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The horror classic oh. itself. And the one that some could say kickstarted the slasher film boom. Mike, the, what are your with thoughts? The, with, the except, uh, with the exception of Black Christmas, I to- and potentially Psycho, I poten- I totally agree. Oh my God, it's just this movie I could gush over for days. Like as in terms of modern horror, I think the modern like slasher. I think that Texas Chainsaw started it one hundred percent. I am like this movie. Like everyone always, I just I always remembered when I was a kid, just like just growing up and hearing about like the slasher movies. One, a lot of people always turn their nose up to it because it's very lowbrow, which, you know, it called a spade a spade. It's not exactly the most thought provoking pieces. They can be. They can be. But I remember I remember everyone was always like was always like, no, Halloween is the really thought provoking piece. Halloween is the one where they really like change things. And I always remember people like whenever Texas Chainsaw is mentioned, they always go, oh, my God, no. Oh, God, it's just. It's just too intense. It's gory. I can't do it. And I was like, why? And then I watched it. And now I'm double why. Now I'm like double asking like why. I, my God, this movie rules. This movie is amazing. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because what I think makes this movie so scaring, so scary and so unsettling 
is the lack of information because we don't really see a whole lot of, you know, chainsaw violence. We don't see a lot mm-hmm. of what we would expect from a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. A lot of the horror being implied off screen and the sincere depravity of its characters. But mm-hmm. the reason the horror was actually off screen was because director Toby Hooper was actually gunning for a PG rating. Are you serious? De- he was gunning for it hard, but because all of the violence was off camera and, you know, it was all implied, you know, with the sounds and the screaming, it made it more scary to the point where, like, the MP- the movie uh, rating board actually decided to make it, like, an X rating until Toby Hooper had to just go through and just, like, okay, how can I make this work? And he got it down to an R rating. And he was like, you know what? Fuck it. Good enough. That'll that'll do. That's actually insane. That's actually insane. That's like that's that's the real problem. As when as a director, you're like, ah, oh, yes, my piece. I've got it down to PG thirteen. I really toned down things. And then the movie rating system was like, dude, what are you on? This is insane. We're we're gonna make this X rated. And he's like, oh, damn it. Okay, all right. How do I bring this down? How do I? Okay, what do I? What do I do? And also speaking of the production, I'm not gonna cover everything about production. At the beginning of this podcast, I'm going to sprinkle it throughout. But the production of this movie was an actual nightmare. It was oh, actually it was something straight out of like like out of a <laughs> out of an 80s horror movie. Absolutely. So first, like and just to kind of give a broad overview, it was an indie film with a very, very small budget, which that's a nightmare in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. And just a little few tidbits. Uh, Gunnar Hansen, the guy who played Leatherface. They could only afford one shirt for him to wear throughout the entire movie. And because this was filmed in a hundred in the Texas heat, he just had to keep keep shirt on over and over and over again for four weeks straight to the point where people like just could not stand next to him because it just smelled so bad. Well, you know, what's really odd in an almost weird way that makes it more authentic. Not in, like, an actual, like, filming thing, but in a, like, get him away from me. Like, this sort of thing. Like, this dude is so rank that all mm-hmm. of his actors, all, all of his co, co-actors co and actresses aren't running away because they're like, oh, my God, this is what the movie requires. But they're like, God, Gunner, go away. Please stop running after me. God, you smell like a dead cat. And again, Gunnar Hansen, OG Leatherface, he died of few years ago may he rest in peace because this movie is absolutely fucking awesome all right another thing about the production people actually bleeding and getting burned which we'll get to oh my god so now we're going to be getting to the ever important question we're not going to dwell too hard on this beginning mike let's just go right into it let's ask the important question if this movie were a drink what would it be and why see the thing is is as i was mulling this over like I again, this movie, this movie, I feel like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie franchise, I feel like can be put into a similar basket in terms of liquor type that Nick Cage month can. Mm-hmm. And I want uh, and I want you and I want to run it by you and I want to see what you think. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Is apple pie moonshine. Now, I want you to follow me on this. 
Go ahead. Go ahead. You uh, you gotta say gonna, something. I was gonna say you said you said moonshine and you know spoiler alert for mine. Mine also deals with moonshine. So I feel apple pie. I'm like I'm interested by, but but I feel like moonshine see, at the core. Go ahead. See, okay, I'm thinking about it this way. I'm thinking about the nuances with it. Apple pie moonshine. Apple pie as American as apple pie. American apple pie is like as behind hot dogs. Apple pie is like as American as it gets. Like. Mm-hmm. That is like that's the shit that families make on Fourth of July, like rednecks make when they're like shooting guns off and getting drunk. Like it is apple pie is it now, and also moonshine, quintessential bootlegging Appalachian deep south drink. Like that is also yeah. a quintessential thing. So, and this movie takes it takes place in the south, takes place with like in deep in in like redneck territory. But it's almost taking the two and sort of not only satirizing it, but warping it and twisting it into its own beast. And it's sort of commenting on, it's sort of using the, the tropes of both of them to create something that completely different. That mm-hmm. speaks to both, speaks to the best part of both. And totally creates something different. Something that is intense, something that will knock you on your ass. But something that is quintessentially like, God damn it, this is this is a this is taking shit that is straight up fucking red, white, and blue American. That's why I think Apple Moonshine is like that is that is why I think that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. I love that. I really do. Because mm-hmm. we we went a similar direction with going okay. down the moonshine route. I do. Okay. Apple pie moonshine. I love the I love the way that you approached it from like an Amer like, you know. We as a, an Amer- we 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 live in a society. We, we live in a society. <laughs> as Americans, <laughs> I love that. You see, I went down something a little bit a little bit different because I'm sure you've heard the stories about this movie being a commentary about like the meat industry and how yep. this movie le- legitimately turned Guillermo del Toro into a vegetarian. I, be- I believe he's I don't think he's still a vegetarian, but it turned him vegetarian for a little bit. Yeah. So I went down this route, kind of kind of going down that way. So this movie, what do we have? We got meat, chainsaws, the heat, sweat, and it's just not nice. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a not this movie is not nice. How can I make that into a drink? Okay. So when researching and trying to come up with an idea, I came across a drink called the Bloody Chainsaw. I'm just gonna pull it up real here real quick. Oh so, shit. Okay. So what you gotta do with this. And this isn't my drink, by the way. I want to make it. I found this and I was like, this was kind of like, okay, here's this. Here's where I'm going to go. So the bloody chainsaw is take a glass of your choice, rim it in bacon bits, four ounces of apple cider, one ounce of moonshine, and then one ounce of maple whiskey. That sounds pretty good. I was about to say, that sounds pretty delicious. I I would drink the fuck out of that. (laughs) But I don't think that's this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's keep the bacon bits on the rim, okay? Okay. But let's dip the glass in hot sauce. Oh. Let's keep that. And to make it better, drink it out of a mason jar that you found in your garage. No ice. Absolutely. We got moonshine. Let's scrap all the other stuff. Let's just keep the moonshine. It, this moonshine has to be bathtub moonshine. Something oh, you yeah. made in... <laughs> In in your own house. It's got to be the stuff that where you like, before you put it to your lips, you just go, this could make me blind. 
<laughs> it's like if it's if it's something that doesn't make you like doesn't give that thought in your head, then that's not good. Then that's not that's not the moonshine you should be going for. You don't need that shit. So you, so you have this moonshine in a mason jar covered in bacon bits. Where do we go from here? You go out there and go get yourself a nice steak. A good, oh. a good steak. It, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Like a good solid, like, you know, middle of the line steak cut of meat. So cook it rare. Yeah. As, as, as you should be doing. Rare, medium, rare. That. I want to hear, hear Bessie moo when I, when I <laughs> dig into her. So take that steak and then hover it over your drink and just squeeze some of the steak juices in. A nice heaping amount. And that's Ooh. it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's Just. the Texas Main Shaw Moons. That's the Texas Chainsaw Texas Main- Moonshine Massacre. There we Texas go. Texas Main Shaw Moonshine. I cannot speak today. I'm just so excited <laughs> no, no. to talk about Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> it's just, you're, you're just so excited. You're just so excited. No. Uh, so, okay. So I dig that. I really fucking dig that because – because I like the hot sauce. I like the hot sauce because the hot sauce is just just, just as like that's that punch in the face that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> the steak juices. You're like you're like let's get real blood in there. Let's get real blood and like a little bit of fat. Like it's just like fuck yeah. But if you really I, want to, you can you can put a cut of meat in the bottom too. That that I'm gonna oh, leave that yeah, up to you. Oh, cut up and just take a slice of steak and drop it in the bottom. Make sure it's cooked, though. We don't want to send you to the hospital. Cook somewhat. <laughs> I don't know. We're dro- if we're dropping it in the moonshine, we're saying all of the germs are getting killed right on contact. <laughs> like, let's let's keep it a stack. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything that can survive in, mo- in bathtub moonshine. So, guys, go crack open your Texas Chainsaw Moonshine Massacre drink of choice and... Let's get into talking about the 1974 classic, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The opening credit roll, long before Star Wars ever did that. Mm-hmm. And this rolling text really sets the tone because there's no music. It's not like at an angle like Star Wars is. You're not in space. It's just black screen, text on it. It's rolling talking about the horrors of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mike, what do you think of this opening? I I fucking love this opening. I really unironically do. Like, I, I don't think I can gush over this enough. Again, title crawls, title crawls have sort of been played out in a certain capacity. Like, in this modern day and age, you see a title crawl and you just go, Star Wars has already done it, man. Just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way Texas Chainsaw Massacre does it, I feel like it sets the tone as well. Like it not only does it sit there and just like like give get you up to fucking speed on what's ha- what's gonna happen, but it also will sit there and just like it creates this like tone because there's like 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 you said with title crawls and with like like just title crawls and like in like title sequences in like a lot of movies, especially movies of this day and age, there is just. There is just so much, like, extra, like, fanfare to it. There's, like, music. There's, like, sweeping footage. This is so stripped down and is just, it is just, uh, like, 
It's quiet. It's a title sequence. There's no silliness. It is just, this is what is about to happen, and it's going to be intense. Yeah, it really feels almost documentary-like. Like, it feels like mm -hmm. this is real life. And one thing I wanted yeah. to point out about this uh, opening, the narrator, uh, John Larquette, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, he came out and said that his payment for this narration was a joint. Are you serious? A, jo a joint. <laughs> That's he awesome. Got paid, bro, he got paid in weed, and he created a monster fucking intro sequence. Jesus Christ. I really want to know if like, he got told that he was going to be getting paid in a joint like before he recorded it or after. No, it's no. I already know how this rolls. Like Toby Hooper was deep and down in like University of Texas. <laughs> he found one of his buddies who was smoking a joint, and he went, "Hey, I'm making a movie. You mind doing the title sequence?" And the guy literally went, "If you buy me some weed," and Toby went, "Deal." <laughs> like I already know how that fucking story went, and then it did numbers and the guy's like hey can i get paid and toby's like i paid you motherfucker <laughs> like you you asked for a joint and i gave you a joint we had an exchange of goods and that's all you need yeah exactly like it's just i'm telling you i love that story though that's great that's great you're like you're like i just want weed you're like just i'll do it just give me some fucking weed so then afterwards we get a we get a date and we go right into our setting it's quiet, which, you know, it's not quite what we're expecting from a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And then we get footage of what I'm only assuming is like, I don't know, home video of Michael Flaherty's basement. We get like flashes of a, a random decomposing body. And then that same decomposing body is in the just the middle of a cemetery. It's very grisly. See, it's uncomfortable. It, it is. Just like oh, Michael Flaherty. My God. Oh, all right. All right. I, 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 did, I came on. Because I thought we were going to gush over about one of my favorite movies, but okay. All right, all right. I didn't think it was going to turn into a roast. But also, 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 the bodies thing. I mean, that's extra scary considering I live in an apartment on the second floor. <laughs> I was like, whoo, dog. I was like, that's, man, how you, that's, how you, that's how you know. That's how you know. Bro, bro. It's. Just, I'm telling you, man, like there's so many twists and turns up here, up here in Chicago. You never know what you're going to get. It is, it is just, it is just wild, wild out here. Someone to that shrine in your attic too. You don't even have one oh, of those. Yeah. No, no. Again, again, this is all, all of this is very like, <laughs> like I don't have any of these things, but the fact that I have these shrines and corpses in my basement. Like, damn, like I'm, I'm really active. I'm an active sleeper. Like Ambien really hits you, man. Ambien <laughs> really does a number on you. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for Malignant. That's just you. It's like you're sleeping and then you wake up and you're doing like Spider-Man shit and you got a face on the back of your head. I had a face. I'm just like, bro. I just, I'm like the wildest, like wildest, like super villain that just at night. <laughs> Like, like, it's like everyone, I always wake up. I'm like, why am I so tired? <laughs> so then that same decomposing body, it's, it's in the middle of a cemetery and it, it's got like this ooziness about it that feels real and it's not too over the top. And then we cut right to the red, the red title opening credits. It's like blood pouring. We get a voiceover, which I feel really works in this 
in this case. We got some stark, believable, but not too over-the-top visuals. And with that voiceover, it brings you into this grimy, dusty, disgusting world. And I mm-hmm. love it. So we oh, go to yeah. A- mm. I just, I, I just, just this whole scene is like, again, this movie, I, what I love about Toby, about Toby Hooper and his direction in this. And Toby Hooper is a director because he did Poltergeist, a whole bunch of other movies that are like, that's like really, really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. But with this one specifically, like he went the fucking cinema verite route where he's like, no, we're not going to do blood splattering. We're not going to do like crazy over the top hardcore like gore. It's going to be real. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be it's going to be as close to real as we can make it. And so this and these opening shots of like the corpses and like that sort of like you said, that bringing you into this like really like hardcore world, like it's just so gripping, like right off the fucking bat. You're like, oh, oh, holy shit. okay, all right. This is this is the real fucking deal, dog. Yeah, it brings you into the world. And, you know, because you don't see we don't have too much chainsaw violence in this movie. It does give you something that works and I would even argue is better because the feeling that it leaves you with is just one of overwhelming dread, especially Mm -hmm. when we meet when we meet our first character. Well, we meet the characters in the van, but then when we meet our first member of the Sawyer family, the hitchhiker, which we'll get to here in a second. So we go we meet this gang, this gaggle of people. I don't know. do, Do they ever say how old they are? I'm assuming college bet, students. They're, they're a bunch of they're a bunch of a bunch of youngins. <laughs> they're a bunch of they're a bunch of aged people who can drink and, in fact, like operate a motor vehicle legally. So that's all you need to know. So before watching this film, you probably weren't expecting to see a character that's wheelchair bound. Which you know, when you first yeah. saw, you're like, oh, oh, that's that's this movie. Good for them. But they don't really portray this character in the best light. See, I think I think the thing is, is like, it's very interesting to look at fucking wheels. You said like, it, not me. No, it's like, oh, sure, sure. It's punching down, whatever. But like, it's just. I'm he sorry. has a name, Michael. Just, His name is Franklin, and he wants you okay. to know it. Frank Franklin Wheels over here <laughs> is he's he's what's funny is it's like they're not it feels like they don't like punch down on franklin in the movie because he's wheelchair bound which you're you're like okay cool they punch him down because my god is he whiny and you're like okay all right you're like that's but yeah i agree they don't portray franklin in the best light and i believe he's in it which is all right yeah i believe it was the actor that played leatherface came out and said that he actually didn't really like the actor that portrayed Franklin all that much because he was being a whiny bastard. But then he met it, met him like a couple of years later. It turns out Franklin's just, you know, a nice down to earth guy. He was just being in character. He was method. Oh, acting really? With it. He yeah. was method. Wait, Franklin was a method acting. Oh my <laughs> <Yeah>. God. That's, <laughs> that's levels, man. Levels. Eat your, eat shit, Jared Leto. Like this motherfucker. Franklin was fucking method acting out here. Dude, good, good method for him, acting man. being annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so 
especially with hearing about some of the other stuff that happens in this production. That's just like one little thing. So Franklin's got to pee. Fire truck goes by and, you know, they just go. Apparently, like he, we were in this scene where Franklin goes just fucking careening down a hill on the mm-hmm. side of the road. So I don't know that that just kind of shocked me for a second. So then we cut back into the van and the gang includes this one like. 40 year old disco crazy guy that looks way too old to be hanging out with this gaggle of kids. I love got- Jerry. I love Jerry. Jerry, Jerry's listened to way too much BGs and it shows. <laughs> My God, I'm like, I look at that and just being like, oh shit, Saturday Night Fever. What's up, man? Hell yeah. He's probably just, he's probably just still saying like in the 90s, like, you know, disco's on its way back. Disco's on its way back. I swear. Oh, I yeah, swear. exactly. Especially after what was it was what was uh like oh my god what's the famous event disco night at the fucking at, I forget what stadium where but where disco like officially died like 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 five years later he's still in disco like can't wait for the BG to make a comeback baby it's gonna happen it's gonna happen and everyone's like all right and the rest of the gang is like okay you know he's a nice guy so we'll just. We'll let him be. We're going to, we're, yo, you know what, you know what, Jerry, you, you stay, you keep listening to staying alive. We're going to go practice the moonwalk. All right. So see, see on the other side when you wise up. So again, disco crazy. We got some sorority girl looking over like some Zodiac shit. We got Franklin. We got another just kind of generic white guy. And then we have Sally. So that's like our gang. So Mm -hmm. they get out at a cemetery. And they make the mistake of talking to uh, some of the locals out there. These would be the Harbinger characters, mm-hmm. like in Cabin of oh, the Woods. Oh yeah, I, 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 I I'm, I'm going to cut you off real quick. I'm, I love, <laughs> I love our, I love our lead-in to the double feature extravaganza that is Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the month of October, because like. Cabin in the Woods almost like set this up. It like I'm so proud of us for unintentionally doing this because it felt like it felt like 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 at a T-ball game. Like Cabin in the Woods grabbed the baseball, put it on the tee, and now all we gotta do is fucking swing for the fences. Cause the harbinger shows up and you're just like, oh hell yeah, I know this, I know this bit, I know this bit. I've seen I've seen Cabin in the Woods. I know how all of these movies go, which I'm gonna. I'm going to try to make the connection between the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies and a movie that we've covered that is not Cabin in the Woods. I feel like that's too easy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I'll no, fi- no, no. It's it's low-hanging fruit. I will find a way. Just I got the whole month of October to do it. Just give me some time. Okay. So it's like one of the one of these locals that we see looks like what would happen if Charlie from if Charlie's granddad from Willy Wonka Developed like a serious drinking problem and moved out to Texas. Also, who who the fuck just hangs out at a graveyard all day? That's that's a weird spot for the boys. Like, imagine imagine being like being like sitting there being like, oh shit, is it ten o'clock on a Wednesday? Yo, Elmer and the fucking boys gonna be hanging outside the cemetery. I gotta pull up with the fucking bruise. Like, like, like what the? It's an odd spot. Are you sure there's not like a field you can drink in, or, or like, like a like Walmart parking lot? Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, I was like, there are there are gotta be other options. Look, you have to have at least like I don't know a McDonald's y'all could go to, or 
I don't know, a Win Dixie or some shit. Yeah. It's like, it just feels Wiggly, very Wiggly, odd. why not? Exactly. <laughs> Damn. I think they're an H-E-B crowd over in Texas, but hell yeah, Piggly Wiggly. (laughs) Same energy, same energy. Absolutely, same energy. So they're driving again. They drive past this dairy farm slaughterhouse. Franklin's talking about uh, knocking the the pigs or whoever they have upside the head and killing them. Again, representation of the meat industry. And then they come across this hitchhiker. The 70s. When picking up a hitchhiker was considered a normal thing to do, <laughs> bro. I'm telling you, this movie did not do did not do numbers for for the hitchhiking community. This movie did not do good for the hitchhiking community. Which I gotta say, I'm glad hitchhiking is not a huge thing anymore. Because, like, goddamn, that's just that's next level insane, man. Like, you just you're pick just up like, a stranger just off the side of the road. That you're just Why? like they're just like they're just like, hey dog, you seem sane. Where are you going? Like, yeah, let me take you in that direction. Like, hell no, hell no. You can find your own goddamn way. I'm not. I'm not picking your ass up. Well, it's funny because you say that. Um, because of this movie, Texas police actually reached out to Edwin Neal, the actor that played the hitchhiker, and shook his hand. Because crime on rural Texas highways dropped 18% after this movie was released. You're shitting me. Are you? That's awesome. I was doing a a bit. That's awesome. The Texas police are like, we got to find Edwin Neal. Because goddamn, this dude has has unironically done good for the community by playing an insane hitchhiker. And he does a very good job of it. I mean, he... He looks like Holy he is shit. straight up, like strung out on meth. He's rambling, and I, I think it's like in his mouth. I think where I can see his crazy in the way is in the way that he has his mouth, it, that he shapes mm-hmm. his mouth. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The way he—it's so interesting because you can watch him, and he almost like bears his teeth. Mm-hmm. Like he almost like bears his teeth sometimes. Not in like not in like a growling dog impersonation kind of way, but just in a like. Like, doesn't know how to really, like, look fucking hinged, I guess, Mm -hmm. sort of way. Like, it's just so cool, the way, like, he acts. He's probably my favorite actor in in the movie, I think. Just because because he does such an intense acting that is good and isn't over the fucking top. Yeah, it, it's over the, I I would say it's over the top, but like in a, like a, a, good believable way yeah but what okay, isn't over the top what isn't over the top is like take a shot how many times like a normal person would have just been like nope nope i'm throwing you out right now i'm throwing <laughs> you out because like this man like takes a knife that he has and instead of everyone else screaming and pitching a fit they're just they're just watching him like oh what what's he gonna do next like just stop don't ask questions Toss a motherfucker out. He's clearly unhinged. Just keep driving. Do not look back. Yeah, I like, again, again, it's, that's another thing that I do love about the Texas Chainsaw movie. The original one mm-hmm. is like, you, is like you could sit there and lampoon it with your buds because like, Lord, these teens are stupid. Like these teens are advanced stupid. Like it's just like a crazed hitchhiker whips out a knife. And has and his coin purse 
is literally like poorly put together animal skin. And these people are like, oh, yeah, he looks. He seems like a well-adjusted member of our society. Like, and they're just, and they're just like, they're like, they're like, look, Sally, let's watch him. Like, no, like, what the fuck? The man is like, look at him. He doesn't look fucking, doesn't look like someone you should inspect. Like, no, what? No, and he's doing shit like cutting his hand and giving the knife back to the people. And so it's like, he asks them for a knife and then he cuts his hand and then gives it back. And then pulls out his own knife, which he already, like, if you already had your own knife, why would you ask for complete strangers, get blood on it, and then give it back? And then he starts taking pictures of them, and then he's insisting, like, I need to take you guys to my house. I need to take you guys, like, to my house right now. And he takes a picture and tries to charge him money for it. And these guys are just like, okay, what, what, what's... What's going on with this? This is the reason why there were more serial killers back in the 70s. Bro, because everyone was just like, everyone was like, well, golly gee, I don't know how to say you're insane. Get the fuck out of my car. So I'm just going to tolerate you. I'm just going to let you sit there. Like, no, bro. Like, well, It's like the thing, like the thing is like back in those days, people were like, we just, we just need to go back to the days where people could leave their doors unlocked and, you know, you could say hi to a stranger. No. Let's not do that, because then you run into insane no, people like this. That was, bro, that was never, bro, that was never a thing. I swear to God, if I have to hear one more person talk about fucking Dwight D. Eisenhower, Dwight D. Eisenhower America in a positive sense, I was like, bro, bro, the biggest, the biggest addicts were housewives. They were strung out on speed, and, like, serial killers were stabbing people. Like, no, bro, like, no, I'm cool, I am we are Gucci being in the fucking 21st century, man. Shit was not shit was not cash money back in the fucking 50s. It is very much still not cash money. Bro, bro, we bro, we are not having a Baja blast out out here in that time. Bro, I'm straight up not having a good time. And these characters aren't having a good and these characters aren't having a good time. So the hitchhiker ends up lighting gunpowder in a car and starts slashing at Franklin. And it's here where they're like, okay, now, okay, he's crazy. Now we need to throw him out. Now we need to toss him out of the van. I like that it's not, I like that it's not when he cuts himself on the palm and just randomly starts charging for photos. It's when he, it's when he lights the lights gunpowder in the car that they're like, all right, now we've seen enough. <laughs> you're like, you're like, really, really? Now when he starts like starts maiming himself and like taking pictures and scamming you for him, like, all right. So yeah, after they just ditch this hitch- hitchhiker on the side of the road, they just kind of get back to reading horoscopes, like nothing ever happened. <laughs> I love what? that. I love that. They're like, all right, Pam, what's my horoscope now? And you're like, we're not going to sit there and address like the crazy person that just jumped in your van. All right, look, cool. Look, this, this movie is phenomenal, but it's not perfect. We got we get shit like that kind of sprinkled throughout. So. Mm-hmm. So then we randomly cut to some, I don't know. Inbred, I think. I don't fucking know. Hey, it's a creepy guy at a gas station, though. Is he working for the same government bureau? (laughs) Oh, my God. No, that guy. I, yeah, it's the classic, again, 
bro. I'm again. I'm doing the same thing that you're doing, which is avoiding Cabin in the Woods. But like, it's classic old guy going like, "Hey, she probably turned back now." It's like this seems like a stupid idea, but okay, like sort of thing. But yeah, next no, time, he does. Next time, guys, I promise. He looks. I'll try. He looks like he looks like. We're talking. We're talking about the. Uh, we're talking about the other Sawyer, right? Yeah, spoiler alert for later in yeah, the movie. The guy, I, I, the guy I mean, that runs yeah, the sorry, barbecue shop. Sorry, sorry, but yeah, he runs. He, yeah, so <clears throat> no, okay. He does. Does he not look like look like an like a like an inbred Texan Richard Nixon? <laughs> I mean, that's that's one way to describe him. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, I was it's like, like an, all right, all right. It's you, like, look, again, look with, at him and with, don't look at him and don't come to that conclusion. That's all I gotta <laughs> say. Don't sit there and look at that and just not go Nixon vibes. Like Nixon, Nixon energy. I mean, with him as well, it's like the crazy is in his mouth too, and it's the way his teeth are. So, oh god, yeah, his god, his teeth are freaky. So good, good for him, I guess. So like they all park, and Disco comes out and is asking for gas, and the guy and the uh, guy's just like, yeah, we're out of gas, but we can offer you some barbecue. What a nice guy. <laughs> I was about to say, hey, you know what? As I like that he's offering alternatives, not applicable alternatives, but alternatives. I like he's like, hey, we I know we don't have gas, but hey, if you if you want a mean brisket, <laughs> you're like, you're like, hey, I'm I'm good. I don't think a brisket's gonna start my car. Now the question is, what's in that brisket? I'll leave y'all to figure alert. I'll leave y'all to figure that one out. It's so- a vinegar-based barbecue <laughs> sauce. <gasps> Gasp. So we'll so sorry. Franklin is enamored by this knife, and he just keeps saying like, "Oh, it's it's that freak's blood." Like you think you could do that to yourself? According no, well, I just I just love see the thing. What I love about Franklin is that Franklin's conversations are just his his warm ups are the insane are just insane. Like he's like. Like, like we're passing by this, like, like, like in the opening sequence when they're driving, they just pass by a slaughterhouse. He goes, yeah, we used to take a sledgehammer to the cattle. We used to sit there and just beat them. It would take two or three whacks. And I'm like, are you supposed to be the crazy one? Shut up. Like, no one talks like that. And then Frank, like, Frank now is literally like, the brother that they just kind of dragged along. I think he actually is Sally's brother that just kind of got dragged along on this adventure and everyone else is just like why 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 is he here why? Well, we, we don't want that, him here on top of that he's just sitting there going like he's just he's just sitting there going like uh like like yeah do you think you could do you think that you could do that to yourself that t- it takes a crazy kind of person to do that to himself i'm like I'm like again franklin weird warm-ups but all right yeah that's it's bit, just looking at me like franklin it's like 110 degrees outside this van we're in doesn't have any ac can you please shut the fuck up (laughs) yeah he's like like, even even kirk the guy who's in who's listening to this conversation is like he's trying to sit there and like move on because he's like he's like i don't know franklin i i don't i'm gonna be honest like i'm like i'm like damn kirk is kirk's really feeling it because kirk's like dude i don't know shut up for the love of god shut up so they get back and back on the road and they're just make they're, you know, being doing what, you know, those young people do and, you know, make fun of each other. But then they get they later they get out of the van and the camera's holding on these wide shots behind like some trees and some brushes like it. It really sells the atmosphere that this movie 
is trying to give you of just like unsettling, like you're being watched, you're out here alone, and it, it, it it's just beautiful. So they mm-hmm. wander to this old burned down house with spiders all over the place. And it's not nice. Like they're ta- they're going through this and like this used to be like Sally's childhood home. And it just it she talks about it like with nostalgia and like you feel that nostalgia, but it just it doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah, it feels it feels like a hollow nostalgia or whatever you want to call it. It's 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 this very interesting sort of thing. That that that's that's in this scene. It's really cool. I really dig it. Yeah the the way that they're the way that this movie is able to make you feel tension in the daytime is absolutely masterful. That's 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 one thing that I think is really really impressive that this movie does that people often don't. They probably it's probably unintentional, but they don't really process it. Like Midsommar is like really they really like dove dove, dove deep into that idea, mm-hmm. but like creating a tense atmosphere and a horror in broad daylight is surprisingly difficult. It's not impossible, but it's hard to create real honest to Christ tension that mm-hmm. doesn't revolve around a jump scare or something like that. Something that makes you like really feel like something's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. it's really difficult to pull that off, and this movie pulled it off fucking beautifully. Holy shit! Yeah, in a lot of this movie, like it's a it's a very slow build, so that's kind of why we're trying to find stuff to point out and mention. Because once this movie hits, like you know, the tenth gear, it fucking goes, and we're actually <laughs> we're actually about to get there. So they mm-hmm. get they get away from this um, burned down looking house. You know, they have you know. They make jokes at Franklin's expense and Franklin blows raspberries for some weird reason. I don't fucking Fra- 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 Franklin. Franklin does Franklin essentially. Franklin. Yeah, it's Franklin's odd, man. It's just the more and more I'm like, the more and more I like watch Franklin, the more and more I'm like, damn, gotta be gotta keep it so real. Franklin, you're not doing favors for yourself. You're not being the fun center of attention. You are, in fact, being the whiny guy but you know fair whatever <laughs> so they all split up so they start approach like who who was it who is it that goes isn't it like the sorority girl and just the random dude that start approaching you mean the you sawyer mean house Pam, you mean pam and kirk I don't know. I just I. It's hard for me to keep track of characters' names in movies. I'm gonna be okay, honest. There, so I just so I just okay, like so to give them unique so names. Let's 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 break it down. There's 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 Saturday Night Fever, i.e. Disco, i.e. Jerry. There's Sally, who's Franklin's who's Franklin's uh like sister. There is Franklin, or with there all is wheels. Franklin. Franklin is there, and then there's Pam, who's the other girl. She's like the brunette one, and then. There's Kirk, who's like generic boy number five. Dude, he's not pre- wheels and he's not disco. He's just man. Listen, I prefer my way of just calling them like, I don't know, sorority girl 
And no, no, I dig it. I dig it. I'm just trying to provide like contact. I'm trying to get like I'm trying to understand the field before we start making these calls. But yeah, no, no, no. The two of them are like the two of them are like we're going swimming, and then Franklin blows raspberries, and they're like, "All right, weirdo, we're gonna go." <laughs> so, the, so Pam, the sorority girl, and Kurt, generic guy like number three. Start approaching a house in the middle of nowhere that has mugs hanging from a tree. That that's sign number two. Sign number one is a house in the middle of a field. Sign number two, mugs in the trees. That's get out, bro. Get, get bro, the they fuck got it. They have a diesel generator with an oil drum on the top. You know those people don't go outside. <laughs> like you, there are so many telltale signs that you should stay away. That <laughs> that is just it's. They like quite literally. This house is one neon sign going "Stay away, murderers inside." So but, from but Mike, being, but like, Mike, they have they have sunflowers outside. The sunflowers are so pretty and they're nice, so it can't exactly. possibly it can't possibly have any harm. Uh, fucking according according to sorority girl and generic man number three, yeah. <laughs> like they're like they're like I have sunflowers, therefore it's safe. And you're like, oh, what? <laughs> so. This is when we're leading up to one of the most iconic scenes of this movie. So they just enter this house uninvited. Well, it's mainly uh, guy number five, right? Guy number four, whoever the fuck it is, that yeah, enters the, the house. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, he enters in and the doors open. Oh. Wait, sorry, no, it's it's the I'm, I I got mistaken. It's actually disco guy with with a sorority. No, girl. no, 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 no. It's not. It's Kirk. It's Kirk. Oh, okay, Kirk okay. Sorry, I must have got my got my notes confused. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they all. So he stumbles through this house. We hear the sound of a pig squealing. Like, what is that? And out of nowhere, no music. No fanfare, no big, you know, jump scare. Leatherface comes out of nowhere and sledgehammers a dude. That's, yeah. I I, I just, I'm just going to jump in really quick because, again, you said it the best. There's no fanfare. There's no music. He jumps out and fucking decks her, which is, which I think is so impressive because most of the time in movies up to this point, like, like we've all seen, like fucking Reptilicus is a great example. Like the end, the the bad guy is shown, and there's like this huge like duh, as like as like someone like goes ham on an on a violin or something like that to sit there and show like the bad guy is in fact here, and it just zooms in on the person, and there's this big pause. Like that's what I think is really cool about this is like there's no fanfare. Like all you see is Leatherface, and he sledgehammers her and takes her away, and you're like. Or Sledgehammer's Kirk. And mm-hmm. he just takes him away. And I'm like, that's insane. That is, I'm like, that's impressive. Like, that's so cool that there's this, like, difference in it. I and just think it's, it's more raw. It's more, like, it's more real. Like, there's no pause or anything. It's just hits her. Hits him. And one thing I also wanted to point out with this is this movie, there's, I mean, maybe apart from, like, a song or two on the radio, there's no music. There's mm-hmm. absolutely nothing. And the music we get, 
especially later on with the cacophony of screaming, that fits. Mm -hmm. But even here, the silence is terrifying. It when they enter in, you're not expecting anything. It's just it's just like it would happen in real life. Just like it would happen. And this is why I think that this movie is an absolute masterclass and kickstarted like a fucking movement. Now, what do we think of Leatherface's design and his performance here? I think I think that Gunnar Henson did a great job. I think Mm -hmm. that he did a great job. You I feel like you can make an argument for other Leatherfaces being better, like being like better, like big, big presences. But I think that like Gunnar Henson's Leatherface does a very good job about being like an ambivalent force. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like Leatherface is actively like. I mean, at the end of the at the end of it, he is. At the end of it, he is actively trying to kill them. But like, yep. when when the guys just wander in, Leatherface isn't like cir- cir- searching these people out. He's just hitting them and dragging them. Like that's it. Like it feels like he's just a force of nature that these people have. That these people are just stupidly coming in contact with. It feels more subtle and more real than like this big over the top thing. Like. Leatherface is there, he attacks, he is he does his thing, and it's just really like just it feels it feels it doesn't feel like there's a lot of like like grandiosity to it, which I really enjoy. That's what I love about it. And one thing that I initially found confusing was the way that um Kurt died was he just kind of fell and started convulsing. I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. But then when I was thinking about it, I was like, no, 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 this actually makes sense because what they were talking about earlier about hitting the cattle and it twitching on the ground when Mm -hmm. Franklin and them when they were in the car and having Kurt like be on the ground twitching, it really makes Leatherface feel like that much more of a ruthless killer and how the gang of people that he's going after all just kind of feel like animals being led to the slaughter. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like you can literally see the connection is like, is like, they're just like, they're just cattle and Leatherface is just the person who's doing the job. Like he's sledgehammering them and all of that. It's really cool. Especially when, uh, like, like with the, with the hitchhiker, when, when, when Franklin brings up the fact that like the, of like the air gun using Mm -hmm. the air gun to kill the cattle, like the hitchhiker goes nuts. He's like, he's like, no, screw them. They kicked us out of a job. We were the kill. I was the killer. Like, I did this and that. I killed him. I took the sledgehammer to him and all of that. Like, and then you see it happen and you're like, oh, okay. It makes like, sense why this movie weird... turned people vegetarian. Yeah, you can sit, yeah, exactly. You can sit there and just fucking piece things together. Like another thing with this particular part that I really like is because of this particular when Leatherface came out and hit the guy from behind the doorway. Whenever we see that as an audience, we are going to be absolutely terrified. Like, because mm-hmm. we don't, like, we're going to immediately have tension. Because, like, oh, is Leatherface going to jump out again? Is that going to happen? Which leads into when Kai Omega, or whoever the, whatever her fucking name was, starts calling out for Kurt, the sorority girl. <laughs> she, she goes in and ventures through the house looking for him. And she walks through that same doorway. Okay, nothing. And then she goes into the kitchen to where we see 
bones everywhere. We got Mm -hmm. feathers. We got shit made out of like parts of what we can only assume are humans. We got a live cock chicken. Sorry. Um, sorry, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about what Michael Flaherty really likes. Um, hey, so, there's a dis, there, I like the, like the idea. There's a disembodied penis in a cage, just, just a like penis in the like flopping around. <laughs> it's just, you're like, I you're mean, like, yeah, you know what? You know, if that, showed up, but if that showed up in like Leatherface's house, would you really be surprised? No, no, none of the bro. He has he has a bench made out of human bones. I'm not gonna sit there and just see a just see a dick in a cage and go, uh. Yeah, 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 that's where that's where the, the, my realism is broken. I'm gonna be like, he is insane. Like, sure. Sorry, now you got me thinking. Like, what would happen if like HGTV got a hold of like the the Sawyer family house and just started oh doing my like God. a renovation of it? Flip or flop the Sawyer <laughs> house. All right, so when we coming through here, we got a nice couch made out of uh, what uh, what was his name? John made out of John's bones and in, and we got like this nice this nice wide open backyard that maybe only has like I don't know 20 bones in the backyard of different so, people so who's the cook of the house and you just you just see and you just see this you just see the other guy like Sawyer just like raises hand like like oh so I'm thinking an open island concept with with what's what's that person's name Everett, <laughs> we'll use Everett's femurs as the technique. <laughs> okay, now I'm getting now I'm getting ideas for a screenplay, guys. I'll um I'll be talking to you later like, this month. <laughs> absolutely, like that sounds like that sounds like a, that sounds like a film short right there. <laughs> so, definitely compared to today's stuff, when we see just absolute, you know, blood dripping from the sky, when we got things like terrifier which is awesome it's the text chainsaw massacre it's pretty tame but again for this time it definitely pushed the boundaries and really did well for making you feel unsettled so the sorority girl just starts freaking out and when she sees leatherface and tries to run out of the house and the way so she exits the house again broad daylight leatherface comes from behind grabs her and just pulls her in it really feels like like your dog got out okay we got to get the dog back into the house Mm -hmm, you know what i mean mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's very it feels very uncaring well i'm granted leatherface is uncaring but like it does feel like this very like 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 you said like the dog just got out of the house and so he's like like pulls her in and all that it's I, i i i it's just it's all so, so well done. So fucking well done. Yeah, and then he brings her back in and puts her on a meat hook. Ugh. That, re- that really makes Dude, the... That- that makes that makes the animal thing like oh. really stick out. It, it really like like it's just you just watch it fucking happen, and you're just like, and they don't show her like getting like speared through or anything like that. It's just you just see her going, <gasps> and she's like twit as she's like grasping for air and all of that, and it's just mm-hmm. like yeah, and it brings like the fucking like vegetarianism thing to a fucking hand. Like it is like. It really beats it into you, which is like really interesting, which I I love. I think that's so cool. And one thing I want to point out as well about the production for 
for Pam's meat, I'm reading this from the IMDb page for Pam's meat hook death scene. Uh, the actress was actually held up by like, by like nylon cords that was between her legs, which was you, which they used maxi pads as like padding. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. despite all that, it was still incredibly painful. And she decided like, okay, I'm already going to be feeling this pain. Might as well use it to help enhance my performance. Yeah. And I think that's what she did. Bro, it pays off because she looks like she's in genuine pain. Like, you don't like, like that's the one thing that I really, really do applaud about. Like, is about, about like a lot of these scenes is like, you don't look at it and go like, oh my God, you're lying. Like you look at it and like, even if you're like, even if you're getting drunk with your friends and like, and like laughing at the movie, like, mm-hmm. You still can see that and go like, oh no, they're screaming. Like they're they're genuinely in pain. So it's like, it did. Like it fucking paid off because she looks really in pain. And hence the title, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We see Kurt on like, what is he? He's brought out like on a table. Yeah, like, like, it's, it's, like a, it's like a it's like a butcher's table or something like that. So he's tied to this butcher table. This Pam is still alive watching this unfold. And we don't see the chainsaw violence, but hearing it is just as terrifying. So Pam just screams her fucking heart out like she is absolutely horrified. And then we cut. I love this. So we go back with the rest of the gang, Franklin, Sally and Disco. Okay, so yeah, Disco was back here. So they're all waiting around the van and they're like, where the hell are they? We need to go find (laughs) our friends. They I just wandered it. off those it. hooligans. I I fucking love it. I love it. Because they, they're just like, they're like, well, gosh darn, where are those rascals get off to? And they just like, and like, they're just, they just, they're, yeah, Disco, Disco goes out to go look for them, which is fantastic. Yeah, so Franklin's just wandering with this knife and. Him and Sally, they're about to get into an argument when we randomly cut to like disco guy yelling in the woods. And then we're back with Franklin and Sally. I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weirdly timed thing where they just cut to disco for some fucking reason. And then they cut back to Franklin and Sally. Okay, whatever. Cool. And Franklin, mm-hmm. like he's, he starts sounding like Alex Jones a little bit. Talking turning, about like he, a, he he walks <laughs> he walks up to the house and starts screaming. They're turning the freaking frogs gay. Well, he's talking about like all these conspiracy theories about someone following them or like government surveillance. And I'm like, wait, I Franklin? mean, he's not. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god, I forgot about this scene. I forgot. <laughs> Franklin gets weird. <laughs> he's not wrong though. They are being hunted by the Sawyer family, so yeah, maybe they should have listened to him. <laughs> It, it's just, it's just, all his conversations are like the worst icebreakers I can think of. Like nothing he says, I am like, that's normal. Like, I feel like, like any- yeah, that's a great conversation opener. Every single time he opens up his mouth and I go, what? What? Who says that? <laughs> How am I supposed to respond? I feel like any, anytime Franklin says something, you could just respond with, Okay, Franklin. Or just that's nice, Franklin. <laughs> yeah, literally, you can just sit there and go, "That's nice." Like, like it's just so, so. He just lays it on thick, and he's just he also whines all the time. <laughs> and just like, shut up, Franklin. <laughs> literally, 
Literally, so we, there were so many moments when, when my roommate and I were watching it, we were just go, shut up, Franklin. Drink every time uh, you feel the need to say shut up, Franklin, with this movie. <laughs> You're going to be much more drunk than you expect. So then we go back to Disco. He's wandering through a field in the heat of sundown, which, by the way, cinematography. Fucking beautiful. There's mm-hmm. a shots from like the sun's going down and they're walking through this field. Chef's kiss. So, so oh, nice. Yeah. So nice. It's, I love it. I God damn. I, we could gush over the cinematography in this. It is. Oh, my God. Alive. I love this. <laughs> so now Disco comes across the house. And he enters as was break was just entering people's houses. Like, you know, that thing when like you were kids and you like go to your friend's house uninvited, you just knock on the door and just show up. Is yeah. that what these people are doing? Like at, I don't it's, know, it's 25. It, it's, it's insane. Like these people just roll up to the house. Like, it's like, it's literally like, I swear to God, this was unintentional. But it's like, it's so good that I can't not say it's like cattle lining up to a slaughterhouse. Exactly. Like, it's literally it's quite literally they are wandering there. And, and like Leatherface is like, OK, bam. Like, it's just I mean, for all intents and purposes, just, if you just edit this a different way, and maybe get some more footage. This could be a home invasion movie from Leatherface's perspective. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like literally, literally, people are just people are just wandering into the man's house, and he's like, and he's like, he's like, why are you all here, Pam? What are you doing in my house? Yeah, I just yeah, exactly. He just it's, takes off the leather face, and it's Shrek underneath. What are you doing in my house? You just, your Sally pulls off a mask too, and it's Eddie Murphy. Oh, oh shit. You go, oh shit! Oh shit, Shrek! We got ourselves in the in the cannibal family. I'm gonna go find me some Shrek assets and then um, do like a 3D animation of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with Shrek instead. And nobody yeah, can and stop me. Y'all can't Sally, stop me. And, and, Sal, and Sally is literally just Eddie Murphy in a blonde wig. <laughs> So, so, so what happened to Donkey? Well, <laughs> he was in the slaughterhouse. <laughs> Donkey, you're you're eating them. Oh God, what is this podcast? What 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 is this? So <laughs> where did it go wrong? Where did it all go wrong? It all started when we started this. <laughs> so Disco comes in. He's in the house now. Walks through that doorway, like I mentioned, immediately creates tension, and. Mm-hmm. He gets to the freezer and he hears something. So he opens it and it's like, at first I'm like, oh, Pam's dead. But then she flinches. Oh, shit. No, she's alive. Just freezing her fucking ass off. So I don't know. That was, I was just kind of like, it, 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 that was weird, right? That wasn't just me. It's like, yeah. she's no, 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 no. She's alive, was... screams. Then we get she just, Yeah, it's so interesting because because Disco sit there and like he goes up to the icebox because he hears like rattling and he's like, OK, and he like opens it. And then you see her like mummy, mummy sleep position. And then her eyes like shoot open and she like Michael Myers sits up and you're like, whoa, OK, wow. 
fuck you 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 are alive okay all right maybe, I definitely thought you were dead maybe she just has like restless leg syndrome or something and that and like the sound that we hear is just her leg shaking and then like the se- then like her the guy then disco opening the freezer is just like oh some oh i see light now <gasps> Yeah, exactly. That, maybe maybe that's it's, all it is. I think I, I, I like think we saw. I like this. I like that your I like that your theory is that she has restless leg syndrome, <laughs> not that she's like trying to escape a, escape an ice pot. But you're just like you're like. But she's asleep like, when if, you open it. He was, she was asleep when he opened it. Like what? Are you like what if she just has Parkinson's? Hmm? You never thought of that. Now you feel like an asshole, don't you? Now you, now you feel like a dick dog. <laughs> What is this podcast? So Leatherface bursts in. We get some more intense killing. Like Leatherface fucking like yeets her body back into the freezer. And Leatherface, he sits down by the window. And I notice something here. He keeps licking his lips. And Mm -hmm. from the hitchhiker, from um, the Sawyer, from the barbecue place to Leatherface, this movie has just taught me that acting is all in the mouth. Bro, it is all it is. Bro, weird teeth and a lot of lip licking. Like it is just like these. And a lot. These mofo's are just movement. It is just. It is just so weird because you'll sit there and just like 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 all three of them like bare their teeth in and their teeth are all three of them have really bad teeth. But like it's just you'll sit there and just like see like like they'll sit there and bare their teeth in a very odd way when they're like talking or like moving mm-hmm. and then like and like they'll sit there and just like all like like be in the middle of doing something and you'll just see them like just like like lick their lips and you're just like oh oh okay wow like the Sawyer family has very interesting mannerisms I mean does that come with being in a cannibal family I guess I, I guess I was about to say you know what I guess, I, 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 guess. I, I can't I can't speak for my family you know what i can't speak for what the other people do but i can speak for my family we're not cannibals i can't speak for mike's family <laughs> i don't know what goes on behind the behind the flaherty household hey it's we're, it was thanksgiving night was always a wild one you know that's why we had to move from place to place <laughs> wait does that mean that the texas chainsaw massacre is a thanksgiving movie Yo, yo, maybe yo. this, maybe they just want a nice family dinner, and Dynamic this has bitch changed. is just trying to like. <laughs> it, she's just like, ruining it, bro. Imagine, imagine the fucking barbecue man was just like sent the hitchhiker out because he's like, we need cranberry sauce, and like he's like, and then these people just randomly started invading their home, and Leatherface is defending himself. <laughs> Look, that's all the hitchhiker was going to get. It's just you. He was going to go get some cranberry juice. He couldn't find any. And, you know, this group just had to ruin it. It's it's they're just they're just fucking up their fucking Thanksgiving meal. (laughs) They're just trying to they're just trying to bring the family together because, you know, cannibalism. It's a family affair. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's cannibalism, a family affair. Moving on. So, so now it's night. Okay. The remaining of the gang, so Franklin and Sally, they're just sitting by in the van, just laying on the horn, trying to, you know, get someone to come out and help them. They're they're those fucking people. Oh and I gotta say, Franklin and Sally, props to them because 
they stuck by the side of the road for hours waiting yeah. on their friend. Like, I feel yeah, like they are. Mike, we would have just been like, it's been like I don't know, 30 minutes. Well, they're already they're dead. dead. Guess we just got to just keep on moving. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Bro, this is why this is why we'd live, but like we'd screw over so many people. It's like we'd sit there and wait 30 to 45 minutes and be like, they're dead. <laughs> just get in the car. Be like, you want to look for them? No. Like, look at this place. I don't want to leave. I'm not leaving the car. <laughs> like, But I guess one of the guy, one of the um, other guys took the keys. So I guess the, if we were in that situation, we'd be like, well, Guess we're shit out of luck. Might as well start running down the side of the road. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it was like, uh, just going. Uh, I guess like I guess I can put on my jogging shoes. You know, it's been a while since I've ran like a a double like a double marathon. Like, yeah. When's the next town? It's thirty miles that way. Well, we might as well start making some good time here. Put on the running <laughs> shoes. I was about to say, you put on your running shoes, you like get your running shorts on, and like and like you're like get out your watch and you go, and stopwatch starts now. And then you just start jogging. <laughs> Better yet, we just speed, we just power walk. Oh my god. We just dude, power walking uh, on the side of the dude, road. Leatherface is power walking behind us. <laughs> Bro, it is like it is the it is the least tense chase to see Leatherface with a massive fuck off chainsaw power walking. Like I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. <laughs> also, gonna, you're talking about instead of go ahead. Instead of having like a big ass chainsaw, he just had like you know two little chainsaws and was like you know they use them like those little weights. Oh, like, like weights. <laughs> like he's got like he's got like two little mini chainsaws that you just go me 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 me. <laughs> And then the two of us just have like, you know, two pound weights in our hand. I was like, we got to go faster. We got to go faster. Move yeah, those exactly. hips, Michael. Move those hips. It's just, you're just like, I can't. My ass is killing me. And like, you're just sitting we would, there we just would like. Get cake. We, we would get cake that way, though. Like straight up. Dude, we would be. We would be caked the fuck up. Just sitting there just like, how like, how did you guys get so get such a dumpy? And, you, and we're just like, well, we we power walked away from a serial killer with uh with two and a half pound weights, but shaped like running chainsaws. I got so many movie ideas now that all involve Leatherface, but don't involve Leatherface at all. Exactly. It's just like it, like it's a very like copyright safe version of Leatherface. It's human mask man. This podcast has just been like us. It was chaos. Then all of a sudden, we're talking about like the intricacies of like very like cinema that had that will be influencing generations to come. And then we got Leatherface with too many chainsaws power walking. This <laughs> bro, is this is this bro. is why you tune into us. This is this is like it's like. If a movie can make me laugh, can make me cry, can make me scared, and make me pray, hallelujah, Amen. that's a movie for me. Amen. <laughs> like if a if a podcast can talk about leatherface power walking with too many chainsaws, can talk about the intricacies of cinema, and also just go deep into just unhinged ADHD chaos, like that's that's a podcast for me, baby. <laughs> And moonshine, we can't forget the moonshine. And and fucking moonshine, man. Lest we forget. So wheel, oh, sorry, Franklin. I keep 
I need I need to stop calling him <laughs> that because I'm like, no, I can't I can't be saying that. But like, I'm <laughs> you're like, I you're like, I morally cannot call this call this man wheels. <laughs> so they're fighting we called, over. Wait, no, we called we called Mac and me guy wheels. <laughs> you called Mac and me guy wheels, and now it's slowly you. infecting me. Absolutely, absolutely. Join the dark side, man. <laughs> so they're fighting over a flashlight, going to look over the uh, look for the rest of the gang in the dead of night. And seeing this movie did something interesting where it had horror take place in both the day and the night. And mm-hmm. I think that this movie was definitely scarier in the day. Mike, what are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Was it scary in the day or in the night? I think. I think I almost agree. I think I think I agree in a certain sense. I think there was more. I think there was more content to consider scary at night. Mm-hmm. But I think the tension, coupled with the very like quick release in the day, resulted in a more like tense experience overall. Mm-hmm. You follow? Yeah. It. It is so interesting seeing a movie like this at this time do something that was different because we didn't have Mm -hmm. a whole we didn't have a whole lot of like serial killer movies yet or you know the killer in the woods whatever yeah and this movie decided to take a different approach to it and then you know we haven't really seen we've seen a few movies try to do daytime horror since like like midsummer but it's just this one that i think really is the most gritty and the most realistic and in turn i think it's the scariest Mm -hmm. i i couldn't agree more like because the movie doesn't provide grandiosity to the killing or anything like that really makes the daytime aspect of it feel more fitting in a weird way Mm -hmm. like it makes it feel more like it fits the energy more like of course you want to sit there and think like dark like because it's dark, the whole unknown aspect of that. And then you've got like blood splattering everywhere and it's just intensity and all of that. But like, mm-hmm. I think it plays well with Toby Hooper's vision of being like, no, we're not doing big stuff. It's going to be real. It's going to be down to earth. It's not, we're not going to like send it to the stratosphere in terms of gore. Like it's mm-hmm. going to be very, very contained and realistic. And Speaking of, you know, blood and gore, Leatherface comes out of fucking nowhere when it's the dead of night. And, you know, he chainsaws Franklin, who I I think he gets like the most brutal. Well, who do you think gets the most brutal death? Or we can we can wait until the end to talk about that. I think we should wait until the end to talk about that. Gotcha. But I mean, this death was fucking like I think he is the only character that gets killed with a chainsaw. No, no, no. That we, that we kind of. Well, actually, well, we'll get Kirk, to that. Kirk, you can make Kirk. You can make a make a make a case for. You can make mm-hmm. a case for Kirk getting killed with the chainsaw. Yeah. So he gets chainsawed. It's awesome. It's pretty graphic, but like we don't see a whole lot since it's night, and the movie also had an insanely low budget. So Sally sees this and just fucking books it, trying to get away from Leatherface, like. She screams while she's running. I want to know what workout she does where she can fucking 
sprint hard and scream. I want those. I wish I had those fucking lungs when I ran. Jesus <laughs> I was about Christ. to say. I was about to say. She's like she has the lungs of like of like of like Michael Michael Phelps or like an opera singer because like this chick can like go at a full dead sprint and and like belt at the top of her fucking lungs. And I like like has two runners. We are both like Jesus. Like how. How we we get into a slight jog and after a mile we're silent like we're like we're like like and that's talking at normal volume that's not going like going like like really loud talking over music or anything no we're just shutting up like after one mile of normal conversation oh that man those races they were so loud but so quiet at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's really funny because after a while it just evolved. It just evolved. A cross country race starts off as like people talking and like people like really like doing stuff, and then like at the very end of it, it's just just people going. Ugh, uh, 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 uh. But, but speaking of noise, I feel like it would be really easy to get away from. Oh, I don't know, a chainsaw wielding killer at night. You know, night when you can't really see a whole lot of stuff. Because, you know, a chainsaw is pretty fucking loud. It's really hard to sneak up on someone with a chainsaw in the dead also, of night. Also, also, I got to be honest, like, and I don't mean to sit there and shame Leatherface, man. Like, he's living him. And I can't he's living take his that best away life. Like, he's doing him. He's doing him. And you can't and you can't take that away from him. But I got to say, on. <laughs> Sally's got to be pretty unathletic for Leatherface to keep pace because I'm looking at Leatherface and I'm not looking uh, again, not shaming Gunnar Henson or Leatherface, but like he's not exactly a fit man. Like he's he he's a little he's got a little bit of a gut to him. He's, he's like and he's he's got a lot of height to him as well. Like it's so you, you mentioned something and I'm glad you did. Uh, I wasn't going to mention this, but then you we talked about running. I'm like, OK, I feel like I have to mention it now. So again, coming from IMDb. Even in his lift boots, because Gunnar because Gunnar Hansen wore these lift boots to make him, you know, bigger, he could run faster than Sally. So he had to do like random things when he was chasing her through the woods. And the IMDB points out, you'll notice in one head-on shot that he starts slicing up tree branches in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so this man had I to slow my- down. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually great that's actually great that factually gunner henson is so much fucking faster than sally but he's just like but he's like but he's so much faster i stand fucking corrected i'll i'll stand corrected in that case like god damn like because leatherface is keeping the fuck up so sally is sprinting through the woods and she comes across this house this movie throughout turns into people head towards an ominous house and then commit breaking and entering because that is exactly what she does and that's exactly what everybody else did before her bro the 70s were a wild time man (laughs) it was a lawless time and something i want to point out with this scene especially is sally she heads up she opens the door and she closes it and it it looks like she locks it I, I, i couldn't really tell there was a shadow blocking it leatherface comes to the door doesn't even check to see if it's open or like locked or anything and just starts chainsawing it 
Like, doesn't even check to see if the door's open. Okay, door's closed. Boom, break out the chainsaw. Not even going to check. Again, I I love this scene because this scene is very tense and all of that, and it is very great. But Leatherface, I got to say, it is at this point in the movie when I start to sit there and notice a few flaws. And granted, I am not some woodsman. I am not a woodsman by any stretch. But there were some moments at this point where I was like, uh, Leatherface, I do you Just know how to work like a chainsaw? <laughs> like, is I because I think I'm starting to guess that you don't. Because <laughs> he just starts sawing random pieces. Like, he doesn't sit there and go in and go out and in and like all of that and like do a line. He just starts slashing stuff like it's a sword. And I'm like, all right, bud. Like, Listen, you, are but, you sure you know how this works? Listen, I love that energy, though. Like, that's that's like major. That's like big theater kid energy. Just going in, just <laughs> giving it his best. Just I, you know, no, no, no. Again, and he goddamn is he. He is giving it his all. He and you can see it. But like, <laughs> Lord, like, my God, this man. So Sally just sprints upstairs why and screams at a corpse oh yeah we see grandma and grandpa who look like fucking corpses or Mm -hmm. are they we'll get to that in a second so she so she realizes now like because leatherface is in the house going up the steps she realizes oh shit like i made a mistake of going up the stairs how can i rectify this she corrects that by flinging herself out of a fucking window. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, I I love Sally, man. Sally is great. Because Sally just Sally just weighs her options and goes, I'm fucking diving out the fucking window. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah, Sally. Hell yeah. I'm surprised you didn't fucking break your fucking ankles. So we get more running through the woods here. Great cardio display by everybody involved. My man Leatherface, he doesn't need he doesn't need to be, you know, being in a cannibal family. No, my man needs to go to the NFL, be like a linebacker, like Bro, he's built like offensive one. lineman. Offensive lineman. Bro, he's built like a fucking line. He's built like a lineman. Like them <laughs> apparently he can book it too. So like Leatherface needs to join the NFL. Give so Walter start- Payton a run for his money. <laughs> I'm coming for you, Tom Brady. Again, we're calling Tom Brady yes. out. I just like I just like the idea of Leatherface in like modern NFL. And he like sees Tom Brady, he like fucking trucks him. <laughs> Trying to throw Don't a perfect spiral me. now, pussy. I'm gonna cook your kid and eat him for dinner. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna move on from this bit. <laughs> Like Tom Brady's Tom Brady's dangerous territory. We don't want all of New England to come after us. I don't know. Well, or Tampa, or yeah, Tampa. We could probably. I feel like we could take Tampa though. (laughs) We couldn't take New England. They throw down. Tampa throws down too. They got fucking. It's in Florida. They got like meth heads. I was gonna say they got they got Florida man and meth heads. (laughs) Oh yeah. So she runs through the woods. She's now in the safe arm. She's now back at the barbecue place. So she's in the safe arms of them. So the guy sees like this clearly, you know, scared woman and is like, 
okay, well, well I'll drive you to the nearest town and we'll, we're going to get you out of here. So he leaves and Sally's looking at the meat that he's cooking. And it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. The guy comes back and it turns out he wants to tie her up and take her. He's crazy too. He take he's a member of the Sawyer family. A big big surprise there, I guess. So yeah, she so she gets a knife and the guy gets a broom. <laughs> oh, just let me just whack him over the whack her over the head with a broom because you know like, that, that's gonna that's gonna beat somebody with a knife. I I love I love his energy. He fucking does it too. He sits there and Sally has a fucking knife and this guy has a broom and he beats the knife out of Sally's head. And I'm like, at that point, I had to stop and go, girl, you have earned Just fucking this. run. Just fucking like, run at him. How? That's all. You're like, run at him. You have a knife. He has a broom. Like, what do, what are you doing? Like, it's like, bro. But like, dude, I love the also, energy. Like, I love the energy of the Sawyer family. Cause it's just like, you know, Leatherface, like. Fuck that door! I'm gonna kill it. This guy is just like, I'm a. You have a knife, bet I got a. I got a broom. That's all I need. The fucking I hitchhiker. Got a and, I, I got a broom and an attitude. <laughs> sure, that's his slogan. Get it on a t-shirt. Buy it from us. I. I don't fucking know. <laughs> you just see on Redbubble, it's just it's just a silhouette of of that guy with the broom, and it just says, "I got a broom and an attitude, dude." So he. He loads her up in his truck, drives through the night, and continues to, like, poke at her with a broom a couple of times, and she screams like she's being stabbed. And they come across the hitchhiker, and he's one of them, too. So, again, it's a family affair. They all get loaded up, and they all go back to the house. And even, um, what what's his name? The, the Sawyer guy. What's his, what's his fucking, what's his fucking name? Um. Jim's Jim Cedow. Drayton oh, the Cook Sawyer. Uh, Dray, Drayton Sawyer. That's his Drayton name. Sawyer. Or the Interesting. Cook. The, the cook. cook. We'll just call him the Cook. That's e- that's much easier yeah. to much easier to remember. So even the cook comes uh, the cook comes by. He sees the door, and even he's like, bro, what the fuck did Leatherface do to this door? <laughs> yeah. Like, even the family's confused I, by his energy bro i'd be i'd be mad too like i'd sit there and be like motherfucker now we gotta make a door <laughs> the cook is just destroying leatherface's dreams of doing theater for the rest of his life <laughs> it's no leatherface is just billy elliot he's like i just want to dance <laughs> like <laughs> like train is like you're gonna chop people up with a chainsaw he's like oh no <laughs> Just underneath Leatherface is closed. It's just like a, a leotard. We're going to go into like a musical number with a lot of jazz. I was about to say, exactly. It's just, he just starts doing a dance number and like he like picks up Kirk's corpse and just starts like <laughs> dancing it around. I'm I'm relatively certain there's a leather. If there's an Evil Dead musical, then there definitely is a Texas Chainsaw musical. And I want to see it. Absolutely. I want to see that. So... So Sally gets tied up. She gets taken out of the sack. She sees where she's at. She starts freaking out. And then we get the legendary dinner scene of the Texas Mm -hmm. Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, I love it. This whole ending is just a cacophony of sound. Again, like we said, there's no music. 
but it doesn't feel like it's missing music. It's just oh, yeah. raw, unfiltered screaming. And it just really works with the insanity. But what I think really helped them get to their insanity was the production of this particular <laughs> scene. The whole movie oh, really? was a nightmare. Let's be real here. The whole movie, it was filmed in the summer in Texas, 110 degree heat on an independent level. Who knows if these people were actually getting paid to do this? And if so, it probably wasn't too much. I don't know. I don't have that information in front of me. The dinner scene. They're in 110 degree heat. Plus the hot lights that they have lighting the scene. And apparently like they also had to black out the curtains too. So there's no ventilation. They have actual food on the table, which is beginning to get cooked and starting to rot. So it was, it, it smelled so bad in there that like cast and crew had to step outside to throw up. So you joked about like giving the audience barf bags, but no, I think the cast and crew actually needed barf bags when filming this movie. And they filmed, dude. I'm not, no, no, no. I'm not even done. They filmed for 27 hours straight. And the heat combined with the length of time literally made them lose touch with reality. Edwin Neal, the (sighs) actor that played the hitchhiker, said that filming this scene was worse than him serving time in Nam in the military. Holy shit. Oh yeah. my god. Dude, this guy went this guy went I was I served in Nam and this was worse and you're like fuck. Oh yeah, this my god. This whole nightmare. Like I think that because of what I really hate saying that because it kind of gives this idea to like independent creators that like the only way you're going to make real art is through making people suffer and X, Y, and Z. And unfortunately that doesn't happen that often, especially at like the independent level. If you're not paying them, if you're not paying them, they can just fucking leave. They can just get, Mm -hmm. they can just pick up and get out. But having people film for 27 hours, holy shit. Like that is insane. Like that is genuinely mind boggling. 27 straight hours to the point where they leave leave touch with reality. Like Mm -hmm. that's, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Yeah. And let's talk about Grandpa as well. So Grandpa, oh. by the way, he looks like a corpse, but he's actually alive. Um, Grandpa is played by a 19-year-old actor. The makeup for him took five hours to apply. I Imagine it. how fucking miserable he was under all of that. I'm and surprised you know, the dude did not need ice packs and ice water constantly. I'm surprised he wasn't like, for the love of all that is holy, I need ice. Now. Somebody, somebody fucking just kill me. Turn me into a corpse right now. This is <laughs> yes. miserable. Yeah. But dude, good, good for him. Good, good job to him. Straight up for doing all that and playing a 124-year-old man. Hats off to him for doing that in those conditions. Hats off to everybody for doing that, I'm sure. I do wonder how much of it was actually acting. Yeah, seriously. Like how much of it was acting and how much of it was like, how much of it was him genuinely just giving out, like just being like, oh my God. Mike, what what do you think of all of that? That just, that just adds more color to the movie. Like it just adds, like, like I know, I, I mean, like obviously that's terrible that the production mm-hmm. was that insane. But 
on the other hand, like I feel like on a on a certain level, it made their acting so much more real. Mm-hmm. Like I think like all the because like the food is smells terrible. Like like Gunnar Henson, he smells terrible. Like they're filming for these hours and hours. There's blood everywhere. Like yeah, I'd be like pretty like I'd be retching. I'd be like like screaming bro i would be in i'd be in agony Mm -hmm. and like i think that that makes it all the better honestly honestly i think the two people who deserve like the biggest shouts out uh, other than other than other than the old man leatherface for having makeup on Mm -hmm. are like i think the people who need that are like are like edwin neal and uh the cook Mm -hmm. because they didn't have any makeup on and sally for that matter and sally Mm -hmm. but the three of them had no makeup. They had their they their cameras were on them a fuck ton, and they still had to like act their ass off. Like it's just impressive that those people were under those conditions and didn't have the excuse that the that the old man or Leatherface did, where they could kind of sit there and just like make motions and mm-hmm. just and just ride that. Like, yeah, and that also brings up a point. Everyone in this movie looks so exhausted i first noticed that with like in one of the van scenes before they even picked up the hitchhiker i just looked at everybody and i was like all of these people look just so tired like it's just it's just on their face they got like that that like thick Mm -hmm. sweat that's like you know you know when your body starts running out of water but it's still like trying to sweat a little bit so there's like that like soft glisten on your face yeah that's what that's Mm -hmm. what they had like at the yeah, beginning not, of this it's movie. Not, it's, not, it's not the droplet sweat. It's that real, like, thick, like, glossy coating sweat. It's just, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they all had it. Like, I saw it especially on Franklin. I saw mm-hmm. Franklin, like, his head was, his head looks like it got shined. I was like, damn. <laughs> so in this dinner scene, I mean, what can I, what can I really say about it? This scene is an absolute classic. There's a whole bunch of, you know, yelling back. It's hard to keep track because it's just so chaotic. You're just you're just going to have to check this one out on your own. But a couple yeah. of pointers I want to make is another another production thing. So they're trying to they're trying to, you know, kill Sally. That's the whole thing they're trying to do. And Leatherface cut like they want grandpa to do it. They want grandpa to kill. You know, he used to be the best, you know, best killer back in the day. So they want to give him the chance to do it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Leatherface goes to cut Sally's finger, and the way what they had done is they'd set up like a tube in like through Sally's arm where like it would cut, and then it would like squirt out a little bit of blood. Then Grandpa would suck on the blood. Okay, cool, awesome. Apparently, the tube kept getting clogged, and act and Gunnar Henson would like after a certain point he was just getting so pissed off that the tube was getting clogged that he actually cut Sally's finger. I don't know if grandpa actually drank the blood. I, I didn't see that information anywhere, but he actually drew blood. There was actual Jesus. blood. And I'm sure that wasn't the first time with, you know, them running in the woods and getting cut up by trees. God, I did. Now, now this is, I'm sure that this doesn't go into this level of detail, but did Leatherface give Sally warning? Like, did Gunnar Henson go, go, hey, BT dubs, like, I'm kind of fucking done with this. Are you cool if we just cut your finger? Like, 
Because, like, I swear to God, like, if he just impromptu cut the finger and, like, had, like, the 19-year-old fucking drink it, like, then, like, one, great cinema. But, like, Jesus Christ. I'm checking that right now. I don't... Yeah, I I was about to say, I don't think it says it, but in in either way, it's just so... That scene is just so... So interesting, especially with that background. Yeah, he said. Here's what. Here's what it says. Um, talking of a uh, Gunnar Henson, he proceeded to explain that his only desire at this point in shooting was to get the film done. He didn't care about his fellow actors' well being, and the sequence was oh shot at the back end of a 27 hour workday. And he he straight up says, "You know, there's not much acting going on in that scene." <laughs> Dude, that's so intense. Jesus Christ. Then Gunnar Henson was like, you know what? Honestly, fuck him. <laughs> like, like, Jesus Christ. I feel like I feel like this movie is the reason that we have like, you know, unions and, you know, mm-hmm. like, hey, you can't like you. You can't work, you know, longer than X amount of hours without getting compensated extra for it. And like, you know. Dude, Osho would have had a field day with this movie. <laughs> Dude, they would have lost their fucking mind. Like, bro, Leatherface just—I like—I do like that quip where he's like, "There wasn't a lot of acting in that scene." I'm going to be very honest. Like, like Jesus Christ. So Sally passes out, I guess, because she was freaking out, and then she wakes up. Which, how the fuck you pass out in a situation like that? But yeah, she's tied to a chair with human hands on it. I guess I—I I, I don't—I mm-hmm. don't fucking know. It's like. It's like Ed Gein's house, which, you know, uh, this is but this is common knowledge, I feel like, by this point. But Ed Gein was the inspiration for this movie. Yeah, loosely based, very loosely based. So, yeah, we see all this, you know, people, furniture, close ups of Leatherface, the hitchhiker and really making Sally feel like a piece of meat. Yeah, it's disturbing. Sally kind of cries and begs for mercy. They give grandpa the sledgehammer to you know do do the killing which why mm. would you ever want to why would you want to be imagine being done in by an actual corpse bro like, like, like you get do- like you get got by like a man bro. who's 124 years old bro granddad is granddad is alive based on pure like spiteful energy <laughs> like my god they, that would take so long like a granddad cannot swing fast. Like it's like Jesus Christ Almighty. It's like you get done in by him, and just like angels are waiting on the other side for you. Just like, dude, what? What the hell? Why? Yeah, no, no. I just like the idea of Peter at the pearly gates going, like, "Are you fucking serious? 124, <laughs> and you got He's got all- to him." <laughs> Look, I can understand Leatherface. Like that makes sense. Like I didn't even understand the other guys, but 124. What were you thinking? <laughs> like how how did you allow this to happen so because grandpa's the one that's flailing and you know trying to you know kill sally there's like a brief moment where sally just she turns into like a toddler and just starts flailing around and then yeets herself out of another window <laughs> this girl this girl this girl is like dive bombing out of windows Dude, and i, I really i really i really hope there's like this much like jumping through windows in the sequels please tell me there <laughs> oh, is i i hope there is god damn because this is hilarious so all while the family like the family's chasing her 
Sally's bloody. The hitchhikers like chasing after her and you know stabbing her as she runs. Leatherface is there. The barbecue guy is you know the, the cook is somewhere behind. This is just one big fucked up circus. Mm-hmm. So they so they run out to the road, and Sally is trying to flag down this semi truck that's coming by, and Sally gets out of the way, and the hitchhiker gets in front of the semi. And my man, the hitchhiker gets done in by this fucking semi. I mean, he gets fucking he gets, flattened. They, of all of the gore stuff that they avoided, like this one, they were just like, nope, we're going to show a full fucking like underneath the car. And you're like, damn, oh, oh my God. Because he yeah. gets, he really gets got. So I think the way that they did this was, and I've, I've actually, I've done a technique similar, is they had the car, they had like the semi or the, Whatever, whatever they were using. I don't know if they were using an actual semi for this particular shot, but it's like an over-the-shoulder. Um, we see the driver's hands in the foreground, and we see uh, um, the hitchhiker on the, on the road. They just did it in reverse. So then when you play that in reverse, it looks like the driver's going to go up and hit him. And then they hit mm-hmm. like... It looks like it looks like the model that they used to run over was made out of like cardboard and paper mache. It really, oh, yeah. looked, it really looked like the thing that like uh, Michael Flaherty took to prom. like. They run oh. that shit over. I told you that cardboard cutout was <laughs> it was a last minute decision. <laughs> it was a cardboard cutout of like a what anime girl was like really big back then. It was I don't know. It was one. I don't, of them. I don't know. It's it's uh, what was what uh, Bulma from sure. Dragon Ball. Sure, he took a, sure. T- sure, Mike took a cardboard cutout of Bulma to high school prom. There you go. <laughs> so, she's, she's very smart and talented. So Sally is still screaming. The trucker guy is like he he exits the semi is like he pulls over and he's like, yo, like he looks like what the fuck is going on? And as soon as he sees Leatherface come around the corner, he's like, oh, fuck, what's going on? They get in the (laughs) semi truck, both of them, Sally and the truck driver. And then they leave the semi truck for some yeah, fucking reason. They leave the moment, other I side. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Like, come on. I was like, you could leave. Like, <laughs> You're in the truck. Get the fuck out. But this guy's this guy's like, oh, shit, we got to get out from the other side. So they get out on the other side, but the trucker ends up getting a wrench. And then, like, as, like, a defense mechanism, and then Leatherface is approaching, truck driver just fucking, like, beans this wrench at Leatherface. <laughs> and I mean, Leatherface hey. falls and ends up chainsawing his own leg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. now one thing I want to mention, again, another production thing, this close-up was the last shot that they filmed. And what they did was they had, um, they had a, I, they had a metal plate, and a blood bag and a piece of meat. On leather on the Gunnar Henson's leg. And the screams that you're hearing from Leatherface are actual screams because the chain hitting the metal plate, the friction caused it to get hot and burn his leg. Oh my god. Cause that makes more sense because initially all of his screams throughout are like are like they're very not, not, not that not that this it was fake. Like it was just him going like ah or, like he was just he, he sounded a little more like a more played up. This one is just like 
it is quite literally like I'm gonna stand back from the mic for this, but it goes like it's just like ah, you're like oh my gosh, you're like whoa, that's a different, you're like that's a different scream. Yeah, and you mentioned that, and another thing I wanted to point out, I feel like I've been doing that a lot throughout this podcast, just pointing out little fun facts. I'm here for <laughs> it. Little, Let's fucking go. Just little tidbit. I'm, just little, little tidbits. So like there were lines of gibberish actually written in the script for Leatherface, but like the director would sit down with Gunnar Henson and say, hey, like. Here's what these lines meant. Here's what these lines mean. Here's how, like, you need to figure out how you would say them without actually speaking. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. kind of work, kind of working in like gibberish. So I don't know. Th- this, this, this whole thing is just fucking chaos. So, mm-hmm. so they, le- so the truck driver and Sally are just, you know, running together. And then another truck comes through and Sally gets in. The other fucking truck driver just fucking doesn't and books it the other way. Like the <laughs> truck driver just fucking he's just gone. Like he is running down the road trying to get the fuck away from this thing, not even forgetting about his semi truck, not even getting in the truck that Sally's getting in. He's just running away on foot. <laughs> I love I love that this guy, this guy's like, this guy's like, there's the out. I don't need it. I got I got <laughs> He goes, I got two feet in a bad attitude. And he just fucking goes in the opposite direction. I'm like, hell yeah, man. Live, like, live life on the edge, I guess. Like, Dude, I mean, with the, with Leatherface's speed, he could just fucking chase him down. <laughs> Apparently Leatherface yeah, can no, run 40 in like, four, in like 4 2 Leatherface... Leatherface can do the 40-yard dash like, like he's a fucking wide receiver. Like... <laughs> Yeah, but I'm like this. Like this fucking truck driver just goes, man. He does not. He's like, I, I don't even care anymore. He does. He pulls what he pulls. What you and me were talking about doing it, just fucking booking it, dude. He's yeah, power he's like, he's like, the side of the road. Yeah, I was about to say he's. He, you just see him. You just see it. You just see the last shot after Leatherface, and he just sits there and pulls out two weights and just starts power walking. <laughs> just using those hips, man. Dude, so he fucking one, two, goes. Three, four. Sally is in the back of this truck just screaming like the sheer horror in her eyes is so believable. And I really wonder, I I wonder when that particular shot was filmed in context to the rest of production. Like, because imagine, imagine if this was her final scene in the movie. I'm not saying it is. I need, you know, we need to look into that. But maybe that sheer horror in her eyes and realizing it's done. Finally done. It's her realizing it's done. I'm finally done with this hellhole production. Bro, I'm no, no, no. Because I'm I think you're on to something. I do. I do. Because because one, it feels real. It feels so mm-hmm. in, it feels very intense. But two, like you, after you're saying the 27 hour stint dinner scene where like Edwin O'Neill is like is like this was worse than Vietnam and I mm-hmm. lost touch with reality. Like, there's who's to say that Sally did not have that happen to her? So mm-hmm. she's sitting there just like covered in blood, like having to do 27 hour stints, like in the hot, hot heat. And now she's finally in a truck, just just like that's the end of her scene. Like, yeah, I do the deranged laugh, like mm-hmm. just do no, after nonstop filming, de- probably dehydrated, hungry as shit, like covered in blood i'd probably just start maniacally laughing being like oh my god i'm done thank god 
and then we also have i think sally's ending is iconic seeing her in the back of a truck just laughing and screaming but what's more iconic is leatherface waving his chainsaw around oh, and literally God. one of the most iconic pieces ever put to film oh and my god one more production thing so gunner henson his direction was to look frustrated and by that point he knew like you know looking frustrated or like seething or you know maybe stomping his feet a little bit that that wouldn't do so as payback to director toby hooper for all of the shit that he went through he just started <laughs> swinging the chainsaw around like a mad lad just trying to scare the shit out of him yeah dude that's awesome fucking fucking ex- succeeded because like he because it looks because it because like you said it's one of the most famous pieces of like cinema ever ever filmed like just that scene at the end where he's swinging his chainsaw like an like an like an unfucking hinged person it looks great it looks fucking amazing it looks great and guys this movie is great that was that was to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the OG from 1974. Guys, this movie is definitely one y'all need to be checking out. This is a Absolutely. horror movie. If you're are you a real horror fan if you haven't seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I don't I don't mean to like judge fans like that, but like are you? Oh, come on. Yeah, like I, this movie like, is definitely on. one that y'all need to check out this Halloween season. This is one of the. This is one of, if not the most um, iconic pieces of horror ever. So yeah, Mike, what are your thoughts? It's so fucking good. Like I, I, like I. This is this is probably my favorite horror movie because of all of the nuances around it. Because because the fact that you can walk into this movie in any state of inebriation with any amount of people in any sort of mood and come out of it loving it, and. And it's got so many nuances to it, from the production to the themes. To I, I think the I think I, would, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'd use the word uh, nuanced to describe the production of this movie. Like, oh yeah, it's, it's no, different. That, that, okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> the the intensity of the production. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's just, but like, it, there's so many facets to this that I am so assured that that you will find a reason to enjoy this. Like, I truly, I truly, truly do not think that someone can walk out of this movie not enjoying their time in this and not having to sit, having sat there and gone either. I was sufficiently scared or that was hilarious or that was super interesting. Like, you will walk out of this feeling some some way about it. And I guarantee it. It's going to be positive in some sense. Yeah, I definitely think that we that this was the perfect franchise to to for us to do our first Halloween mm-hmm. messed up at midnight double feature extravaganza. I am excited, but I'm also I'm excited. I'm curious, but I'm also scared for what's going to come in the oh, future. Because yeah. I'm, guys, I'm scared. Go ahead. I was going to say, guys, we're covering every single Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie in the entire franchise. I don't know. I'm 
I there this this movie was definitely a blessing. This was the first time we covered an honest to god classic on the podcast minus like Nacho Libre, but it definitely like you know you love that movie. I'm so ex- like oh like I said, dude, I love it. I love it. <laughs> this has been this has been such a fun time, man. I've loved talking about just an honest to god great movie, but again, I am scared to see what's to come. Uh, yeah, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is known for one that induces a lot of eye rolls. And I feel like this one and the second one, people still look at in a very positive light. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, I am worried. The rest of them, I'm genuinely worried. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, this this is going to be this is going to be a very a very interesting um a very interesting month we'll say. And we'll and we'll see mm-hmm. how we how we are on the other end. Maybe we'll lose our mind like the Sawyer family. Who knows? Who's to say? Who knows? We maybe we'll maybe <laughs> maybe we'll go crazy and move to Texas and move to a rural part of Texas. Who knows? And, and start a professional power walking league. So Guys, Absolutely. that does it for this episode of the Messed Up at Midnight podcast. We will see you next time when we talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Two Texas Chainsaw, two Furious. Two, two, two Texas, two Chainsaws. Hell yeah. I, I hate you so Texas much. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Harder. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. See you next, next week. Not, ne- not next week. Whenever we, whenever we release the next episode, boom. There we go. Strap Save in. It. It'll, it, you'll, it's, it'll show up at some point. <laughs> all right, guys. See you. See you, everybody.